0: Hello hello listeners to the Third Way podcast. Welcome to another monologue episode of me talking at you. Uh, this episode is titled "An External Identity Crisis." And so this is probably an oversimplification of complexity science, but one of the things that I've learned about it is that nothing happens without something else happen hap- happening. And, uh, Rogan put it this way the other day related to diet nutrition is that there's no with biology, there's no free lunch. Um, and, and I'm experiencing some of that in a variety of ways in, in my life right now. And when you, so for example, uh, learning that I, that a good chunk of my behavior and in some ways my personality was related to um, trauma, uh, unintegrated trauma and also ADHD uh, helped me understand how I created drama in order to generate dopamine in some ways. And also to kind of get out in front of trauma prevention, if you will. And, I wouldn't say I've eliminated all that. I still, there's moments where those things kind of flare up, but I'm aware of it. And awareness is kind of the key to all of this. However, there's a, there is a downside to this is that, um, I have without coping mechanisms, uh, for, and, and, and unhealthy, maybe regular, uh, regulatory mechanisms for ADHD. I have found my executive function. My productivity is was, was terrible. So um, I decided to try Adderall, and that has helped, yet here is the uh, no-free lunch. Um, Adderall has a crash, number one, and number two, it, it actually affects my short-term memory, um, where when I'm not on Adderall, I have no executive function, but I can remember everything. So uh, I've been thinking a lot about that, that cause and effect, if you will. And thus the name of this episode. And one of those, what, what I'm experiencing is, is that I don't have, I no longer have an identity crisis. One of the things that a traumatic childhood and growing up in a very, cl- in a closed society slash cult of a, of a, you know, religious cult, what it does is it sort of robs you of who you are. You don't know who you are. And so you go out and you get it in the world. You you have the world. The people other people tell you who you are and what you are. And there's, you know, there's there's all kinds of terms for this. Validation seeking is one of them. Um, and I, I did that for years. And I was very adept at becoming what I thought others needed me to be in order to get what I wanted, which was to feel safe, to be seen to be accepted, things like that. Well, uh, when you do the work of consciousness, which I've done, you know, quite diligently over the last decade, there is this concept of an ego death, um, which I think is actually many deaths. But one of the things that happens is that the hologram that you put out into the world kind of goes away. Um, and, it, you're, you're, just, you're just being you. And uh, in that process of just being myself is this strange, almost like absence of information. So I would say in my soul, I know who I am. I know my worth. I know my talents. I know my mission. I know my heart. Um, I know who I am. And externally, because the hologram is pretty much gone, um, externally, I don't know how others how others see me um, I used to know how others see, saw me even if it maybe was a little bit of a, a delusion, because I had manufactured what they saw. I had manufactured a um, this this persona, this this like I call it a hologram. I had did that. And therefore, I knew what they saw. And there was some comfort in that, even if it wasn't fully me. And there's there's, there's something, I, I, I just call it emotional nudity. And emotional nudity is who you are when what you're wearing, for image sake, is stripped away. And um, what I didn't know would happen, however, is this sort of sense of no ping back. Like where I put, I used to put out into the world like a ping and I would wait to see what, what, how others would respond and I would adjust accordingly. And I don't do that anymore. I don't, I don't, or maybe I shouldn't put, put, I'll put it this way. I don't need that anymore. Um, Yet there's still a tendency in me, especially when I'm tired or I'm under a lot of stress or um, I got, you know, I got just something where I don't feel like I'm on my game I'm, I'm doing the ping back. And so this takes it even further with consciousness and not having a hologram that goes out into the world is that I'm realizing that I need to change how I observe other people, how I receive other people, because I haven't upgraded that part entirely of me. For example, um, Again, common with trauma survivors and neurodivergent people, I read facial expressions or, I, or I'll or i read into the tone of a text. Um, and the reason I do that is because I needed to know that. I needed to guess what was happening because I was trying to, so I could adjust uh, the hologram. Now that I don't have a hologram and I'm just being me, I still find that tendency to... Re, misread, over index facial expressions, tone, um, projection of you know something in writing and I realize that it kind of produces a lot of unnecessary suffering actually. And so where I find myself now is this strange dismantling of an old uh, 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 old coping system where the mechanisms, had changed, but the system itself was still there. And that involves trust. Um, I'm, I'm really understanding now how much, how much trust matters, um, and how I need to be trustworthy with my word, my energy, my actions, and I need to trust other people, especially those closest to me. Um, I I realize now that um, me being myself starts with me, starts with being in my heart, for example. And that if I am not centered, grounded, and present, those old tendencies to kind of go see what I need to be in order to feel safe, they start to rise back up again. But because I am just being me in the world, there's no real data to gather. So my head makes it up as I said, it produces a lot of unnecessary suffering. Uh, I am learning that there is a, there's a trade-off because, uh, because we are, you know, souls having human experiences and we, we divide, we split the divide between kind of the mystical world and the material world. And in the mystical world, my soul roams freely. It's, it got, it's got no fear. It's got no doubts. But my psyche, which is here in the material realm, it still has a lot of those things. And so what I, what I want to learn how to do within this sort of external identity crisis of not really knowing how other people see me is to be okay with that. Um, it forces me to trust my own soul that I'm okay, I am whole, I am enough, I'm worthy. And then if I am in interactions with someone that I love or care about or respect, then I know that if I am being who I am, they're seeing that and receiving that and acting accordingly. And that there is no longer a need of a projection, an illusion, a hologram especially with those that that love me and see me. So there's really nothing to fix here other than just an awareness that I still care in some ways about how how people see me or that they see me. Um, I think that it also means that I have to be aware that my social labels Um, you know, straight, white, American, male, et cetera, that my social labels are not really who I am either. And I still need to be aware of them in the world, um, especially for people that are not my social labels. Um, This is where, you know, sensitivity or inclusivity comes into play. So I don't know if any of you that listen to this podcast... Have a similar feeling, especially if you've done a lot of consciousness work. If, you, if you've had a similar sense of an external identity crisis. If you have, I'd love to hear about it. And that's it for today. Thank you for listening.